0: Hello and welcome to an ECFR podcast. My name is Katrina Bertel-Azinaro and today we will be looking at the Syrian refugee crisis from a refugee's perspective. We've caught up with humanitarian expert Kilian Kleinschmidt, who for many years worked for the UN Refugee Agency in Africa and the Middle East and now works as an advisor to the Austrian Interior Minister. He describes the refugee camps which have been set up in countries that border Syria as only temporary measures on how to deal with the growing number of displaced people fleeing the Syrian war.
1: Refugee camps are usually seen as a storage facility for people. And uh, that is one of the, the big issues. I mean we of course we have to respond when people moving in large numbers and uh, so it becomes a logistic exercise to take care of water, food shelter, medical support, sanitation, of course. And um, so that's a logistic exercise. And uh, usually, and that's uh, one of the big problems, it doesn't take care of human requirements which go beyond survival. And in addition to this, and that's what um, everybody after five years of conflict does realize as well, you do not have any perspectives if you wish to study, to advance, to progress, to learn, or to work. Work is illegal in most of the countries, or actually all of the countries in the region for refugees. And so it actually forces people into the hands of of those who who employ people illegally. It is quite often the children who are sent to work because once the police uh, detects um, the workers, uh, they will crack down very heavily, and that's a bit easier for children. Girls are uh, actually married much earlier because of the problems of survival of the family and, um, and quite often the, the boys are actually um, trying even to join some of the, the more extremist groups because there may be even some payment involved. So the situation right now in the in the region is very, very difficult for for people outside of camps, boring inside of the camps because there hasn't been any real investment now for some time because of the um, the missing investment by the international community by by the donors into into the camps as well, so very very no reason actually for people to stay in Turkey, Jordan, Lebanon, or in northern Iraq
0: despite the number of refugees arriving in Europe having increased immensely over the past few months, the number of people arriving in camps stays low
1: I think what is key and crucial to understand for anybody. Is that only very few people actually do live in camps? I mean, one of the um, significant um, observations is that over eighty percent, in some countries, ninety percent, or in Lebanon, for instance, hundred percent of the refugees do not live in formal camps, and that um, is uh, is something we 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 need to to stress again and again. So. Um, a settlement, um, that, that place where most of the humanitarian services are provided, is is actually very rare. And out of the 60 million um, officially counted um, crisis and war-related re- refugees and displaced people in the world, over 80% live not in camps. And that means also it is a very heavy burden on on societies, on communities, which are not equipped to deal with such large numbers. Let's take um, a city like Dohuk in northern Iraq, in Kurdistan. It has suddenly doubled its population. It has a population of 1.5 million people today. And uh, of course, um, this is very difficult to bear. And so many of the governments in the region are very reluctant to take in more refugees and have effectively um, closed their borders or made it very difficult for refugees to come across. And that counts for Jordan for uh, Lebanon, but also for Turkey increasingly, that it becomes more difficult to to come in and uh, to actually be received. And that is what we're seeing today. A lot of people coming out of Syria, for instance, don't even stop in Turkey any longer. They they know they have very little um, what they can expect, and they move on directly onto the boats, into the hands of the traffickers.
0: In the United Kingdom, David Cameron has recently pledged to take thousands of Syrian refugees, but only fly in those who are based in refugee camps.
1: We have all been asking now for a long time that there should be, and there must be, um, a structured and a more robust resettlement programme for those in need of protection, those who are really having difficulties to stay in the region, also because they they may have problems as being minorities, there are lots of injured people. There are people who need a really serious uh, follow-up as well. So we've all been asking for those people to be relocated, to be resettled into a number of countries. And the, the quota have been too low so far. So that's a welcome development. Of course, it should be combined with a scheme which um, connects uh, the the region as well uh, with the labour market, as well with the uh, with study opportunities a lot of the people we're seeing coming on the trail in direction of Europe now illegally actually in search of work and in search of of uh, study opportunities so there's no reason that we shouldn't be organizing that uh, much better in in uh, in the region um, and have uh, schemes which uh, help people to relocate legally maybe with a limitation on time There are different models for that so it's it's a package, and of course all of this needs to be combined with a very robust investment not only in humanitarian um, affairs and humanitarian aid, but also into structural aid to the region. This is what the governments of those countries have been asking for for the last uh, few years since the crisis in Syria erupted. There are issues with mm-hmm. um, lack of water, Jordan is heavily affected by the water scarcity, Um, issues with energy, um, issues with subsidies on some of the basic commodities. So these countries have big problems with with that, and I think that's what is now required, is to invest, and invest not through charity, but invest as in partnership, Um, let's call it a stability pact for, for the Middle East, a stability pact eventually even for Northern Africa, which is more than just charity and, um, and small donations for military aid.
0: In Europe's biggest receiving country, Germany, the mood seems to be changing as well. Merkel's open arms policy got great support from the majority of citizens. But with no clear plan on how to deal with the influx of asylum seekers, Merkel's approval rate has decreased recently.
1: Well, she is doing the only thing one can do at this moment. Uh, we are passively watching people coming here. This is something um, the aid agencies we have been seeing for for a long time, and uh, now it has come to our doorstep. The problem, and suddenly we are waking up, and so it's it's a little bit um, is a little bit late to actually realize that uh, there are refugees out there in the world, and that the crisis are not reducing that. We are seeing more and more uh, conflicts coming up that we have very few international solutions. Uh, diplomacy is uh, miserably failing in, in addressing all of this. And sadly, it's uh, with us. But it has been with poor countries for decades. It has been with poor countries, uh, and, and there the rule still applies poor people coming into poor countries, poor refugees coming into poor countries, and poor plus poor is double poor. And uh, that is now. Um, So so Merkel has absolutely no other choice. However, I believe uh, it is now also up to Merkel and uh, Germany uh, to take the lead, in fact, in turning it around and coming up with that concept of a stability pact, of uh, a serious investment, of, um, let's say, a multi-layered scheme for legal migration in any form and resettlement for those in need of protection.
0: With winter approaching and temperatures falling, the number of migrants trying to cross to Europe is likely to decelerate. But this does not minder the chances of casualties.
1: We need to realise, all of us, that it can't continue, that we do not have resources, global resources um, so unequally shared. Um, as uh, also the German uh, Development Minister Müller said recently, let's not forget that the G7 countries continue to be um, at the source of exploitation in Africa and other places. Um, that needs, we need to realize we are not alone on this globe. Uh, globalization doesn't only belong to the rich. Um, communication doesn't belong to only the rich. Um, everybody in the world has a has a phone today communication allows people to see exactly what is happening on our side. It's not anymore just the wealthy countries and the people from wealthy countries who can travel to the other side of the, of the globe. It's also the poor people who can do the same. And uh, that's that uh, sort of realization that the world is one and that the world has become a village with all the new technologies and ways of communication and transport we have invented that must bring us to to rethink and establish a new order when it comes to um, people's movements.
0: You can find more information on the refugee crisis and its origins on our website at www.ecfr.eu.